KW Feedcast brings you all you need to know about the raw material markets. Brought to you every fortnight by KW Alternative Feeds. Can you afford to miss it? KW Feedcast. Find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, basically wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to your Over the Farmgate podcast brought to you by Farmers Guardian. I'm your host for this week, Farmers Guardian editor Ben Briggs. Don't forget, you can subscribe on your favourite podcast platform so you never miss an episode of Over the Farm Gate. This week, we hear all about the scourge of machinery thefts and what is being done to tackle it. Lucy Baxter went out on the rural beat with Lancashire Police's South Rural Task Force to find out how their efforts have recovered more than £1 million of kit in the past six months alone. So I'm out with the Rural Task Force today with Paddy, Sean and Helen. We're currently on a patrol in the area, just checking, checking if we see anything suspicious. So, Paddy, why don't you just tell me what we just did a couple of minutes ago and what the purpose of these patrols is? Uh, yes, yeah, so we're um, we're out in the Douglas Valley at the moment. We're just on a, a high visibility patrol, um, and what we're doing is we're just targeting some areas um, to to keep a presence up and help prevent anything from happening. Um, we just we have recently had some pieces of machinery stolen in the area. Um, so my hawk-eyed colleague just spotted a uh, a tractor mowing attachment, um, which looked to be discarded on the the edge of a field near some shrubbery. Um, this is a tactic we know criminals do employ, um, and they do so to put the vehicle or the piece of equipment to one side to see if there is a, a tracker on it if they've stolen it with a view to come and collect it at a later time so my colleagues just been over the machine examined it got the serial numbers and any other identifying features and then we've ran that through uh, our national and international systems to make sure it was a legitimate piece of equipment which fortunately it was um, however they're not always uh, and we've had some some really good results as a team just just employing these tactics to the point where we've recovered now over a million pounds worth of stolen machinery and got it back to farmers i mean we're, we're out here now it's such a such a nice day for patrol in the area mm. where do you cover and what's how many people are in your team so we're on a we're on a team of Four, so we we are the South Rural Task Force, and we cover the whole of the south of Lancashire. Um, so everything you can see at the moment is is all part of our patch. Um, so we cover right up to to Winter Hill and the Manchester borders and the moorland that way, and the Chorley Moorlands, uh, and then we go right across towards the east of the county, and then we head north towards the Trough of Bowland, um, and we also cover all of uh, Leyland, Chorley, Preston, Skelmersdale, and Ormskirk. Um, it's about 600 square miles. The, the the larger team, however, whilst those numbers might sound, four cops is a big old area. We get about, firstly, and we're, we're very good at doing um, risk-based targeting. So where we see a risk or where there is a trend, we will tenaciously target that particular area until we get a result or we stamp out the trend. Um, however, if there was a bigger issue, for example, we'll say here, uh, in, you know, in this area, this is this is the parish of Dalton. Um, if we if we had a certain issue here, we could call on our other colleagues at the east, Rosendale, West, Lancaster, Morecambe, rural task forces, and we could come together as a collective of, of twenty cops, and we could all hammer one area uh, until the problem is solved. So there are, there are resources there. It's just knowing where to have your resources at each time, uh, and obviously we cover the entire county and. It's a Lancashire's three quarters rural, so it's it's a lot of area they have to cover. 
Uh, so that's sort of how that works. And obviously you deal a lot with farmers on a day-to-day basis. What's kind of like the relationship like with you and the farmers in terms of how you help them, how they help you? We, we have a really good relationship with our farmers um, and, you know, to the point where they... The end game for us is what all we want is farmers to be able to call us when they need us and for us to be able to get there. That's what we want to do. We, we, we only want to help. Um, obviously, you know, rural crime is a big umbrella and it's not just farmers who we serve, um, but we, we do have a good relationship with the farmers. Um, the big takeaway for us is for the farmers who we don't speak to or who live in the south of Lancashire and haven't had contact with us is we want to speak to you speak to us if you if you need us call us i'm and and we, you know we're happy to receive emails i'm quite happy to give you our email address it's south rtf at lancashire.police.uk i'm that's south romeo tango foxtrot i'm you speak to us reach out to us we'll come and see you we'll look at what kit you've got we can mark it up for you keep it security marked I, and we'll do what we can to to look after you and if you're having an issue the other big takeaway is call us you know we work for you we, we want to speak to you if you have an issue ring us don't be afraid to call the cops um, and you know you've got 101 if there's some sort of non-emergency going on uh, or you've got information or you can email us but do not be afraid and this is a big message that we're trying to get out if there is a crime ongoing if something is happening in your area and you need the cops don't be afraid to call triple nine and we'll come um, you know or, or certainly if it's not also on someone else will come You've recently done the road show, haven't you, where you were going yeah. around farmers in this area? Yeah. How was that received and what was that like? Really good. So we did, we've done sort of, we spread ourselves out over the whole of South Lanks because we wanted to cover as much ground as we could. Um, and we had, I can't remember the exact number, was it? It was about 800,000 worth of kit that we've marked up for people. And, you know, we've marked, I think it was 40 or 50 GPS units, quad bikes, trailers, tractors, all sorts of pieces of machinery. So. Um, it, it was well received and and the other thing for us it was also good because those farmers and other rural you know affiliated people who we didn't know it was a good chance for them to come and see us have a cup of tea change exchange mm. details and, and find out what you, their problems are in their particular area you know and we have some bordering farms which have got land on both Lancashire and Merseyside or Lancashire and Wigan and it was just great for us to sort of work out the geography of their land and where the issues were and that sort of stuff so for us our team we, any excuse for us to, to have a good chat with the farmer and work out what's going on for them and how we can help we, we, we love that it's brilliant and with machinery at the moment is it still GPS that's the biggest thing that's being stolen or um, I wouldn't like to jinx it <laughs> but <laughs> We have uh, the GPS crime in Lancashire was nearly all targeted in the south of Lancashire. So in our area, due to the nature of the the farming in our area, obviously it's it's, you know solid crops, arable, you know the the sort of farming that they would use the GPS units for really. Um, And it's sort of our last report we had was in July, and we haven't had anything since. Now they had the, the the trend we had at the time over the couple of years that we were having these issues was once about every eight weeks we would have some. So we're doing well right now. Mm. We've had some good jobs. We've arrested some offenders. We've done loads of targeted patrols, um, both high visibility and plain clothes tactics. Um, we've done stuff with Cheshire and Merseyside, executed warrants, and we have pushed back quite a lot. So we're hoping that we have got it to a point now where we've made 
Lancashire a bit of a no-go zone for them yeah um, that along with the amount of GPS equipment we've marked now the chances of recovery are quite high so the so the risk when taking that equipment is also quite high so we've sort of managed to push back a bit so we're quite happy with that for us at the moment our big sort of trends is more around quad bikes and trailers and um, small plant and machinery uh, and tools so we you know we would just ask people just to look after your stuff if your stuff is registered with the likes of TER or data tag make sure it's up to date um, just anyone with a trailer make sure your details are up to date or if you bought one second hand because that for us can make the difference in being able to recover your machinery for you or having to let it go at the roadside so you, you need to make sure all that stuff's up to date if you've got tools whether it's a drill saws whatever make note of your serial numbers and keep note of those serial numbers because again if it is nicked there's a the, the chances of us being able to recover it are a lot higher if we know the serial number on your on your piece of machinery mm. whether that's recovery from auction or from buying sell sites or whatever it, it makes it a lot easier for us so that's really our trend at the moment and again we would just ask people if you have a particular concern about your equipment come forward and speak to us and we might be able to offer you some advice or some you know some security measures or prevention measures that might help um, and just look after your stuff and look after your mate's stuff if you see something dodgy or someone who, who doesn't look right and something's going call us that's what we're there for and with the gps systems you were talking about earlier how easy they are to just remove what can farmers do to to keep those safe uh, it's tricky because we appreciate removing your gps units from your machines is adding 10 15 20 minutes to either side of your day uh, to then remove them and secure them and we won't go into the complexities of insurance claims because that's not our job about where you keep them our advice is take note of your serial numbers have your machines marked if you haven't already had them marked know where they are if you've got a facility to have a safe or some sort of secure uh, you know locking box or part of a building or outbuilding then use it and store them in there what, do whatever you can to make it more difficult for the offenders and if that means you have to add you know 10-15 minutes to your day you know it could potentially prevent the theft of 10-15 pounds worth of equipment so secure it if you've got CCTV equipment keep it maintained make sure it's in good serviceable condition uh, to a point where we can use it and view it um, and consider other stuff make sure your gates you're closing them behind yourself you know they're getting locked over night time you know where your tractor keys are and they're not left in the machine um, and just just taking that little bit of personal responsibility for that security can deter criminals from thinking it's an easy job to something that isn't worth their time and they'll move on yeah because you were saying weren't you anything that the farmers can do that makes it more time consuming yeah. for the criminal to, yeah. to get the less likely they are to come back or to try again yeah they, these offenders want to be in and out they, they don't want to be knocking around your farm for hours or on your land for hours they want to be coming on doing a job and getting out um, so if you can do anything even it is something as little as securing your gates with a chain and a padlock if that puts a little bit of extra time on them they might just think it's not worth our time this so just anything you can do to slow them down such as removing them from tractors because the easiest way for them to do it is if the gates are unlocked they can walk onto your yard your tractors aren't secured in a, in a secure unit and they've left with a gps unit on top and i know it happens we've been on farms and we, and we know it happens and then that tractor is insecure 
and you know that you're leaving them access to your screens and your GPS units. So you know, just just keep them, um, just keep your stuff secure, you know, and look after it. So we continued to do the patrolling, and I'm with Sean now. You were doing some farm visits, weren't you, and things like that? Yeah, we always think it's important to go and visit people so they know who we are, and um, if they haven't met us before, or if they have met us before, to give them some reassurance. Um, we tend to drive around farms all times of the day to make sure everything's in order and everything's all right. If we would see anything suspicious, we'd obviously stop it or have a chat with anybody. Um, and most people are always made up to see us. And today, as you were saying about the relationship between the farmers and the police historically and sort of now, are you sort of building back the trust now this rural crime has been set up since March? Yeah, we think so. Um, listen, we understand how difficult it's been for rural communities ringing up about incidences um, not getting the response they probably needed, sometimes on some occasions not even getting a police officer to come out to them. Um, since this team's been created, we're hoping that we're getting more trust back. Uh, we're seeing it as a positive that more people are ringing in to report crimes and that are trusting us and that we're dealing with it appropriately when they do. And as it was seen today, like you have a nice chat with the farmers about yep. it, you give them, what was it, your email you gave them? And... Yeah, we always make sure that they have our email address, which is southrtf at lancashire.police.uk and our work mobiles. Um, of course, we'd always recommend that if it's an incident ongoing, if it's a crime ongoing, to always ring 999. But if it's something that can wait or something that they possibly think we could t um, deal with appropriately, then ring us on our mobiles by all means. We want people to contact us. We want all the information we can get, no matter it's, that it's small or large. So even if someone says, at three o'clock this morning, we saw a white van going down the drive, if they pass that information, that might be able to a bigger picture of something else that's happened that night. And you were also talking about hair coursing as well being an issue in the area. Maybe for people listening, probably everyone will know what it is, but do you want to sort of explain what it is and why it's been a problem in the area? Yes, they can. So hair coursing was legal. It was banned in 2005. Um, I suppose in its simplest form, it's the act of putting two dogs onto a hair um, and running with that dog. Historically, it was about how much they would turn that hair um, I'm sure lads are out there now just after killing the hare. Um, we used to have a, an event called the Waterloo Cup, which is held in Altca in West Lancashire. Um, that was an event that people come from all around the country, even all around the world, to view and watch. As such, now we've still got a lot of people coming down to say that they run their dogs where the Waterloo Cup was. However, it stretches all the way out to Mere Brow, um, Tarleton, Solemn, we have issues around there in relation to it. It's because the farmland is so perfect for it in terms of it's flat um, and when the harvest has been taken there's obviously no crops and you can run your dogs on it. And when people and farmers see this happening or if they see people who they think might be doing that, what's the best thing for them to do? Um, we now, as the Royal Task Force, we it is a crime in progress. So if you're seeing hair cutting happen on your lawn, that is a 999 and the police will respond as a 999 incident. If for any reason, when you ring up um, the comms operator or the person who answers the phone, that basically is, is saying, no, it's not. It's not an incident. We won't be coming. If they say that they spoke to the Royal Task Force and it is a 999 call, um, and if there's any issues with the call taker or the police response, if they get in touch with us, we will look into it and make sure. We've done a lot of training uh, recently with comms operators to make sure they understand the implications of it. We're trying to explain that it's not just the hair course and that's happening, it's the bigger implications to it in terms of the damage to property, 
um, the threats and other things that are happening with hair course and that we want we want to make people to understand that it's not just hair course it's a much bigger picture yeah because you were saying that the people doing this are related to larger scale crimes that perhaps are linked when you were talking about that before yes yeah, certainly so when we've done two warrants recently in relation to wildlife offenses both houses have had um, cannabis farms in and they've also got other links to other crimes which we're going to look into as well and then we were patrolling across sort of the moss and just other tracks again is that just so is it so farmers can see that you're there or is it so these potential criminals can see you're there and and what's the response like it's, it's multiple reasons why we do that and um, we go across so that it's a visible presence for farmers so they can see us and they can point across and say and, we, and we've had that quite a lot really people saying oh we saw you the other day we saw you yesterday so that's one of the reasons once that if there is sus vehicles there we will be stopping them or suspicious people out there we will be stopping them um, and i suppose thirdly so that our local knowledge gets better so we know what roads link to what and what lanes link to what so we can get to it quicker if needs be and let's say you're out and you see some machinery you've scanned it or you've found out that it's been stolen mm -hmm. what do you then do then um, we'd always then ring whether it's the insurance that's taken ownership of that if there's been a payout or the owner of that property whether it be the farmer we would let them come to come and collect it we would st if the farmer said that they were going to be in the next few hours we would stay with that property until they came and in terms of sort of other crimes that are happening so we were talking about a lot about machinery and you know farmers may think that's all you do yeah you do a lot of wildlife and heritage you were saying yeah um, so what what kind of crimes are involved there and what do certainly you do? Can. so wildlife offenses well your hair coursing your badger baiting we do a lot with the environmental agency in terms of fishing so that tends to be your wildlife offenses your heritage crime um, triple SI sites so from say four by fours driving on triple SI sites and ruining the land there and that's areas that have significant scientific interest great and then what do you do in terms of you are, you're also talking about you work close with the RSPCA in terms of neglect and animals like that yeah so do you tend to seize a lot of animals or how yeah, does that work? Yeah, the RSPCA um, aren't able, actually able to seize animals as such we do it on their behalf. So we've built up really good relationships with the RSPCA. We've been doing a lot of jobs with them and getting some positive results. And now I'm joined by Helen and I want to talk to you a little bit about sheep worrying and sheep rustling and how that's been a really big issue in lockdown especially. Yeah, um, what, livestock attacks by dogs have risen probably tenfold uh, during lockdown because people were accessing the countryside a lot more um, weren't kind of understanding the rules of the countryside keeping the dogs on leads around livestock so we've met a couple of really good um, contacts now up in the Rivington area where the, the hill farmers basically um, and they've had major problems yeah with livestock worrying and what was happening i'm guessing because of lockdown there were just more people walking around like you said didn't understand the countryside code so what were you called out to help with and do i've had to help catch a dog that the owner couldn't get uh, couldn't get back on a lead um so I'd, i went with my dog treats and sat <laughs> quietly not looking at the dog and managed to coax it over uh, and then obviously dealt with her she was a very nice lady it was a rescue dog um and basically we, we, we gave a, a, a control order 
you know, so that if she's in, she's a local lady anyway, but if, if she's in that area again, the dog has to be either muzzled or kept on a, well, kept on a lead and or muzzled. Um, so that dealt with her nicely. Uh, she apologised to the farmer, you know, a bit of mediation yeah. went on, offered to pay for any vet's bills that he incurred. Um, so that, that was one of the, the nicer endings. Thankfully, the sheep wasn't too badly injured as well. Mm. And is it often that, and this could be random, but, you know, if livestock escape or if things happen because of the gates being left open and things, are you often called to help get them back in if, if they're on a road, like in the countryside? Yeah, yeah, we've... we've um, corralled sheep back into the field yeah well i think it was damage more um probably an rtc damage caused yeah th- thankfully that isn't one of the main things i think we've had a, ca- a cattle on the road before haven't we as well uh that we've gone to assist with we don't mind getting stuck in <laughs> yeah um, you all seem really passionate about about rural countryside sort of communities helping them helping reduce the crime in the area which is lovely to see um i found a rural security checklist that nfu mutual have um released so i just wondered your views on it yeah yeah um so physical things they've said keep farm vehicles out of sight lock them up and remove the keys something i guess you'd agree with absolutely block or fill in access points that aren't regularly used yeah yeah you, I don't know if you noticed when we came over um, the moss earlier, you'll see a lot of little openings where they've put a big tree trunk yeah. or um, concrete, you know, um, things like that. So, yeah, that's good advice. Cut down overgrown planting that could be used by thieves carrying out surveillance. Not heard of that one. No, I haven't um, heard of that one but, either, to be honest. Yeah. Um, store tools in security cages or anchor down your quad. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. That's a real positive one, a real good one that we'd advise. And you were saying, weren't you, before though, how it might add on an extra 10, 20 minutes to your day unlocking things at the start and end, but it could in fact save them thousands of pounds worth of machinery if they lose it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's all about putting as many layers of security as you can to make it as time consuming as possible and awkward as possible if an intruder or a thief was to come onto your property. So any little bit that adds on to that and adds time and adds noise and adds inconvenience to them will hopefully send them off and they'll go somewhere else and not on your property. Yeah. Uh, remove GPS systems where possible and mark your kit with forensic or indelible ink. Yeah, we on our roadshow, we did a lot of security marking. Um, we actually use a machine that engraves uh, whatever details they wanted on the, yeah, on the piece of machinery. Um, and that will help you, won't it, if these things get stolen, to be able to find where they're from. Yeah, to try and them with their owners, yeah. which is what we want to do. We want to give stolen property back to its owners, but sometimes it's slightly difficult to do that. There's no markings or engravings on them, which is why we thought about that with the roadshow, which Helen went on to talk about then. Mm. And fit window locks and lock entrance doors, even when you're home. Yes. Rural, rural communities are quite bad at locking front doors and don't think that anybody is going to come and uh, you know and, and, and walk through and, and access places that they shouldn't even warehouses you know they'll walk through um, a reception area and go into a warehouse so it is it's like you say closing gates we discussed closing gates behind you closing doors behind you locking them and, and challenging people yeah. if there's somebody on your land or there's somebody there that you don't know whether you're a worker or an owner or everywhere you'd be challenging them to see who they are if, if some, yeah, like Sean mentioned before, extra layers of security, um, if it gives, 
if it, it takes them another five ten minutes it gives the farmer more time to phone us that adds to our you know response time we can be in the area yeah and then on this checklist community so ways you can help so it says join your local rural and farm watch schemes yeah that's a really good idea it's good that everyone links in and has that community spirit we know we're aware of whatsapp groups we can't mm. be in them ourselves we're aware of whatsapp groups that people are in to get information um, to let other people know if there is suspicious vehicles or there's anything happening so people can take appropriate action or, and yeah. it's just a reminder again that people need to let us know um, we have had certain instances where people have said oh last Thursday this happened did you let us know no we didn't think you need to know any little thing we, we need to know about it we all need to work together we understand that we as the police need the community and the community needs us we want to work together with one big team to try and fight rural crime it helps us build up that intelligence picture, doesn't it? Of, of yeah. what's going on in the Anything, area. even if yeah. it's really something little like last night at three in the morning, there was a white van going down our drive. We haven't seen it before, it shouldn't be there, it's unusual. That could link into another burglary mm. a mile away that we could link into. So, any, anything small, pass it to us. If it isn't anything, it isn't anything, and we, we don't use it, but it could be part of a bigger picture. And is it possible sometimes that rural crime, like you said, maybe a van on someone's land like that could link to an urban crime it's mm. not just isolated rural crimes here and urban crimes there it's all linked possibly yeah from what we think at the minute a lot of the rural offenders are from urban areas as such the um, they are committing other incidents other thefts other crime in urban areas as well as rural areas so yeah that does link in mm. so the other things like you said the whatsapp groups are on here keeping in contact with your neighbours Lancashire Talking is a great way of keeping in touch as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, for us, that's a fab way of sending out information. Uh, current crime trends will send out. Not not everyone's on social media. There's lots of Facebook groups or WhatsApp groups, but not, not everyone taps into those. Um, and reporting all crime suspicion signs to the police, like you've said, you help them, they help you kind of thing. Yeah, it's important just from even from bigger picture for Lancashire Police so that they know that there is a there is incidents and crimes within the rural areas. If nothing's getting reported, then the people that may be within headquarters or other areas in government, they, they don't think anything's happening. So they need to know what is happening in that area so that we've got realistic and real crime figures within those areas. And this one says, use the Crime Stoppers number to report rural crimes anonymously. Is that something you'd recommend? Yeah, that is a, an independence to the police. So that is completely independent to the police. And we have to let people know that. But yeah, they can ring up and pass on information. That then gets sent to the police. Technology-wise, this is the last little section. It says, use driveway detectors on access routes to your property. Can that be quite an expensive thing to do, possibly? Motion, I think that's perhaps meaning motion sensors. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, Any, anything, uh, security lighting. Motion sensor detection, CCTV, trail cameras, yeah. And would you advise fitting tracking devices on immobilizers to quads and tractors? Yes. Um, anything to make it as difficult as possible for them to take. Yes. And so do you think it's a, some farmers get put off by doing all the security because it will cost a lot of money, like, you know, installing things like that? Would they be really expensive for farmers to do and maybe complicated if they're not technologically advanced? Possibly. For me, it's easier to put in another layer of security than it is to have to make a claim and replace a piece of equipment that you can't do without tomorrow. You know, um, the, the GPS systems, the tractors don't work without the GPS system attached. So when one of those has been taken, the time that it takes to get a replacement takes that tractor out of use. 
Yeah. Um, so if there was a CCTV camera or, or security lighting that prevented that item being taken, then I, I think that should be, yeah, that should be deployed. In terms of, you know, farming and advancements in technology have changed since the 60s, 70s, but also criminals have and crimes and and their skills and how they do things has changed, which is why, you know, back years ago, you probably would have been all right to keep your keys and your tractors and there wouldn't have been a threat, whereas now it's changing and possibly some farmers aren't as aware of how much it's changed since then. Yeah, what we believe is that it's organised groups committing crime within rural areas, specifically things like GPS pods, um, as such they're highly organised with how they do things, with how they work with things. So that means that when we are doing investigations, they turn out to be a lot more complex than they used to be. We're having to do a lot more work around CCTV, mm. telephones, computers, AMPR technology. However, we are doing it and we are getting some successes, which has been really positive. In the last few months, we've arrested two for some GPS thefts um, and we've got one start standing from it. Um, but it, what we believe, it's organised. It's a lot more organised than you would think. So I wanted to ask all of you um what you think farmers think about the crime that's happening do you think they'll know it's the the organized crime groups do you think hopefully with the roadshow you did they'll know more about the security but do you think they know the impact of these crimes and who does it because it's it's far bigger than i thought it was starting with you today i think they've probably got an idea i think the vastness the scale of like gps thefts and that sort of thing i think that would lead to a natural conclusion that it's not just some lad down the road having off with him. And it's not, with it, a lot of the stuff that gets taken because it's quite specialist. You'd have to have a reasonable level of knowledge and the logistics to move something, the wagons and, you know, those sort of links. So I don't know is the honest answer. I I think they probably, as time goes on, they probably are understanding more. Mm. Uh, And we certainly get it out as much as we can that it's not just... You know, localized offending, it's national offending. Um, but we would certainly like to think that they're understanding more that it isn't just people in the area. It's not just a bad lad around the corner, it could be a bad lad who's actually from North Wales or wherever else. Mm. What do you think, Helen? I don't think they look at their own community. Yeah, mm. like you said, I don't think they think it's the farmer next door that's jealous of a piece of kit. I think they do understand. Yeah, yeah, that it's travelling groups and they will attack a certain area, maybe for a few nights, and then they'll move on to another geographical area. And you were saying something that they do is if they pinch a bit of kit, they'll pop it somewhere, leave it for a few days, check if you've tracked it or if it's, you know, got anything on it, and then they'll move yeah. they'll move it in a few days or so. Yeah, and that's a good point, and that links back to what we are discussing about if there's anything suspicious that they know what they see within their area. They know their area better than anybody else. If there's a piece of equipment or something that's fine, that's being stored somewhere that isn't usually there, let us know and we'll go and check it out. We all like kit, and you're not telling me farmer on plot A doesn't know what machinery farmer on plot B is using, because mm. I bet they've got a good idea what tractors they're running, and, and you know, and the other bits of equipment. So if there's a, a bit of equipment or something that isn't one you recognise to be somebody's, and if you speak to your pals and no one else knows who's using it, I, I would say, or if it's a couple of miles from where it should be, I would say it's worth a call to the cops, for sure. And that was, again, what you were doing on the patrol when you saw that piece of machine. You thought, oh, what's that doing there? And you just double-checked 
that it was what it should be where it should be yeah. and not just drove past which again I think reinforces that you are actively looking out for stuff you're almost trying to detect it before it it happens in a way as I put up, we, we, we have recovered things that were nicked and the people who's had it nicked didn't realize it was nicked until we rang them so yeah. that, that, that happens um, I wanted to read a stat that said that it was estimated that rural theft cost the UK £43.3 million pounds in 2020, a 20% decrease from 2019. Do you think people are reporting rural crime more now since these task forces have been set up in March? That's our hope. Yeah, our hope is that there's more confidence in us. So, yeah, so so people are reporting things to us, thinking that they might be in, a, you know, in with a chance of, of getting something back. Yeah, if they, if they don't think it's going to be taken seriously, then they're not going to bother ringing us. And was what, that an increase, sorry, Lucy? A, de- a decrease. A decrease yeah. by 20%. Yeah. And in all the regions by the northwest, there is a decrease, but in the northwest, it's increased 3.3%. Yeah. But as you said, if people are reporting it more, you're getting onto it. Yeah, I don't it's not it's necessarily a bad, a bad thing. thing. And we yeah. match the trends. Yeah. So you, if, you, if you look at something like GPS theft, the northwest has got an awful lot of solid crop variables, you know, geography. So it's it lends itself to the crime trend at the time. Mm. Same with quad bikes. You know, you'll you'll find places like the north of the county towards Cumbria and Lancaster, and even here to some extent, the quads are going because it's in line with the the trends. Um, and again, I, I think a lot of it is we, we, people have been more confident to call us. Um, uh. And I think going back to what Paddy's saying as well, like you were in the like we were in the car then in Cheshire, police rang us to give us some information. We're now much more aware of intelligence relationships with other forces nearby. So if there is a trend anywhere, even across the country, we get information from. So if there's any trends or information, they send it to us straight away. So we're hot on it now. Yeah, we're more in tune with what's going on. Yeah, and it's a targeted approach, isn't it? Yeah. So which yeah. do you think out of agricultural vehicle theft, quads and ATV, livestock and GPS? Like had the most theft last year. What what were the options? GPS theft. Agricultural vehicle theft, quad and ATV, livestock theft. I would say well, I can tell you GPS theft cost Lancashire in the region of six hundred and sixty thousand pounds. So I I'm gonna go for GPS theft. Mm. Any other guesses? GPS for me as well. Yeah, I think I think it's got to be. Well, agricultural vehicle theft cost nine point one million. And then GPS was next with 2.9 million. Then it was quads with 2.5 and livestock with 2.3. So you went far off. Agricultural vehicle theft. Yeah, no, so that would so be like the truck. plant machinery in with that. Mm, yeah. Probably. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, you could have 10, 12 GPS units for one machine, couldn't you? So. And so what do you think, tre- looking at the trends and sort of keeping an eye on what's happening, at the moment you're saying it's quads more than anything. Small plant tools, that sort of thing. Is there like seasonal trends where, oh, it's coming, this sounds bad, but oh, it's coming up to Christmas, there'll be a lot more quads going, or oh, it's it's harvest time, there'll be a lot more tools, or does it not work? Poaching, it certainly works like that. There's seasons for poaching. We're in what we would call hair coursing season now because the crops are off in a lot of places, so they can run the dogs. So naturally, that would run until, you know, March time. other things it just comes in waves and, it, and sometimes it's really hard to predict mm. predict those waves because a lot of it is to do with certain groups of people who are offending it's just where they are offending at that time and whilst in Lancashire for example we might at the moment touch wood 
be having a bit of a lull on GPS theft, in that we haven't had any reported in several months. I know that Cheshire have had three reported in the last two months. So it depends where they are, really, more than, than seasons a lot of the time. Mm. I think some stuff will depend on this certain type of year. If farms have got a certain bit of kit out that are more on show, it's more likely that sort of kit's going to get targeted. And it goes with the market values as well. When something's expensive in the market, that's going to get nicked more than when something's really cheap in the market. Look at Defenders. Yeah. Are they getting stolen still at this point? They are still. The value of Defenders seems to have plateaued a little bit. I think people are slowly taking to the new model more than they were, um, which I'm not saying farmers are taking to it because it's expensive. <laughs> it's an expensive bit of kit, isn't it? But uh, as people take to them more, um, the uh, the thefts will you know will plateau, and the value of them is plateauing because they still they still make the parts from. So at the point when that becomes a classic vehicle that they can't get the parts from at all anymore that that will increase for sure it becomes more desirable then yeah. doesn't it yeah. yeah after this chat with paddy sean and helen we were heading back to base when they pulled up a land rover defender to make sure that it wasn't stolen now thankfully it wasn't they then were called to assist to stop and arrest two persons for possession with the intent to supply class a drugs so I wasn't able to sum up with them their final thoughts or thank them for letting me spend the day with them to learn more about what the Rural Task Force does. But two things that were very clear to me were that they are so passionate about tackling rural crime and they want to hear from you to help you. Thanks to Lucy and to Lancashire Police for that. It shows that in the face of mounting threats against machinery, there is plenty that can and is being done to tackle rural crime. Well, that's it for this week. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of the new episodes of Over the Farm Gate. Until next week, from us at Farmers Guardian, thank you for listening and goodbye for now. Over the Farm Gate.